I, I don't like the morning. I don't like getting up in the morning. I don't like nothing about it, especially when it's 400 degrees below zero. Say amen. And, and man, y'all have made an incredible sacrifice. Now, let me tell you what's happening. You have made an empty seat in one of those prime time services, and somebody's going to come in and sit in a seat that you gave up, and they're going to get saved. And God's going to give you credit and glory for that. I'm telling you, I know you think I'm just saying this to get you here, but it is the truth. It is the truth. You're making a sacrifice. Now, some of y'all, you want to be in here because you can hurry up and get the Shonies. I get that. I, that. I have no problem with that. I don't care. Whatever it is and whatever, I'm, I'm just glad that you're here. But many of you, you're here because I ask you to, and I ask you to help us out with that. And for that, I want you to give yourself a hand, all right? Because I do. I appreciate what, what you're doing and the sacrifice you're making, and God does too. Amen? Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Have you found your spot? I, I, Wednesday afternoon, I had, I had a funeral at 1 o'clock. As soon as the funeral was over, I got in my truck and I drove to uh, uh, South Florida. I had a family member of mine that was in a, a really bad, bad situation. And uh, we, got, we drove all night, got down there and loaded up their furniture and brought them back up north. And, and, uh, and all the way down, God put this in my heart. This is, this is a message. This is what I believe that God wants us to know today. And so, so let's focus on this. And I'm telling you, I'm glad I live in Coleman, Alabama. Amen. I felt like I've been to Sodom and Gomorrah this week. Amen. It was rough, i got to tell you. But anyhow, let's look at the subject of faith today. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the world, uh, worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. The word translated means to carry over. In other words, Enoch never died. God just came and took him home. That's the way that worked. Uh, Enoch never went to the grave. God, he was just so close to God and walking with God every day of his life that one day God said, it's closer to my house than yours. Won't you just come home with me? Say amen. He walked with God and God took him. The Bible says he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith. Read this with me. But without faith. Everybody read it with me. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Read the first sentence with me again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Say it again. For without faith, you may be seated. You may be seated. Did we have any first-timers? time first timers? No first-timers? It's just us. Amen. First-timers stayed in bed this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray and thank God his goodness. Lord, thank you so much for a good spirit in this place. God, thank you for a good crowd. Thank you for a, a good attitude. Thank you for a sacrificial spirit. Lord, I pray that you'll put a double portion of your spirit and your blessing upon them for the sacrifice they have made. Lord, I appreciate all that they do. And God, I pray today that you will teach us, Lord, that you will develop us, that you will help us transform into the disciple that you want us to be, into the Christian that you want us to be, into the God-fearing Christ follower that you want us to be. 
God, we love you today. We appreciate all that you do for us. Help us to get through this in a timely fashion. Lord, help us to learn so much today that we'll be excited tomorrow. Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For without faith, it is impossible. Impossible. That's a pretty stout word, wouldn't you say? It is impossible to please God without faith. Now, now, many of you know we've been in this, this last three or four weeks from the, from the very first Sunday in January, we've been in a transformation mode. Every, every message is God developing us as his children and into what he wants us to be. We're developing uh, from a crowd into a church. We're, we're developing into, from a babe in Christ to a, a soldier in Christ, a, a, a mature, developed Christian. And, and last week, Last week, we, have, uh, we, we discussed what our attitude toward God should be. We discussed the topic of the fear of God, the reverence and the respect that we are to have to God. Before we, listen, before we can ever learn anything and have any knowledge or have any wisdom, we've got to have the right attitude toward God. Are y'all with me right there? And, and by, by reading in God's Word, the more we, we learn, the more we study, uh, the more we find out about God, the more we're going to reverence and respect and fear Him and have the right attitude toward Him. And then uh, this week, on the way down, on the way down to Florida, I, 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 had, my little, I had my little deal going, my, my phone with the Bible on it, and I was listening to it and over and over. And, and, and man, God just kept bringing the word faith to my mind. And, and it really began, honestly, I thought I was going to be preaching out of Romans chapter number 10 today, but, but God started there to get it in my head. And then, and then we, we ended up over here in Hebrews chapter 11. Over in Romans chapter number 10, uh, the Bible, it's, it's a salvation chapter. It's a salvation chapter, you know, where it says, uh, uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He begins, he begins the chapter by saying, My heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. He said, I bear record that they have a zeal of knowledge, but not according to God's righteousness. They want, they want to know God. and they have. In other words, they were very religious, but they were very ignorant. In other words, they were going about to establish their own righteousness and they had not submitted to the righteousness of God and then he begins to talk about the righteousness of God and, and begins with faith he said it's about faith for by grace are you saved through faith it's about faith you call upon the name of the Lord and then he, and then he says how shall they hear or how shall they believe, uh, call on him in whom they've not believed how shall they believe in them of who they've not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher amen and then he talks about how beautiful uh, and, and blah 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 to this point here he says this Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's what started the whole deal. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The source of our faith is our, our, the Word of God, the Bible. And, and, and it, man, it just started clicking in my head that everything that we have covered from the very beginning of the year, from the very first Sunday uh, uh, in, in, in January, everything keeps pointing back to our handling of the Word of God. Everything does. Our faith comes from it. The right attitude toward God comes from the study and the reading and the understanding of God's Word. Well, as we begin to go into the subject and think faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, we need faith. God's looking for faith. He began to take me to different verses in the Bible, Luke 18, 8. <coughs> I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, when Jesus comes back, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Shall he find faith on the earth? What does that mean? He's looking for faith. He's going to be looking for faith. Prove it. First Peter 1, 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. 
Peter is speaking to people going through a very difficult trial, going through very difficult circumstances, and he's trying to encourage them. He said, though now for a season. In other words, aren't you glad our trials are just for a season? They didn't come to stay. They came to pass. Amen? Though now for a season, if need be. In other words, you wouldn't be in this trial if you didn't need it. If God wasn't doing something to develop your faith, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations or trials, that the trial of your faith, the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. What? Your faith. God thinks your faith is precious. God looks at your faith as something that's worth pure gold. God is looking for faith. He says this, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What am I saying? When Jesus comes, he's looking for faith. He's looking for faith. He will teach you. Then he will test you. Are y'all with me? He will teach you about faith. He will teach you about what you need to learn in God's Word. And then throughout the week, you will be tested on what you have learned in the house of God. Amen. We'll go through trials. We'll go through difficulties. We'll go through circumstances. Why? To develop our faith, to grow our faith, so that our faith in him will be stronger and stronger and stronger because what he is looking for when he arrives here, he's looking for faith. He wants to see faith in his children. Listen, Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. We're saved by faith. We serve by faith. We serve by faith. In Romans 1, 17, For then it, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, The just shall live by faith. See, faith is such an important thing. Now, last week, God wanted us to get a right attitude with him. God wanted us to... God wanted us to reverence him and respect him and fear him. God wanted us to have a right attitude toward him. But now, God is saying, I want, you, I want to develop your confidence in me. I want you to be assured in me. I want you to have faith in me. The last week was the fear of God. Now it's the faith in God. Your confident assurance of who he is. Now, with that being said, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I want, to, I want to take just a couple things, and I, I'll, I'll go through this quick, but I promise you, you're going to learn something great today. Number one, I want you to see the description of faith, not the definition. Not the definition of faith. This is not, he is not, in Hebrews 11, given a definition of faith. He is given a description of faith, okay? I, I want you to write three things down underneath the, the first point. So there's basically three subs underneath this. Under the description of faith, I want you to write this down. I want you to see number one, or A, I want you to see the misconception of faith. There are so many people who are misconceived about what faith really is. There's, so, there's people on TV teaching about stuff. Boy, if you have enough faith, you'll never get sick. Or if you just have enough faith, you'll, you'll, you'll always prosper and you'll never go broke and you'll always have money. And Man, that, that, they have such a misconception of what true Bible faith is. Faith, true Bible faith, is not blind optimism or a manufactured hope so feeling. Did y'all catch what I just said? True Bible faith is not blind optimism or a manufactured hope so feeling. Neither is it an intellectual assent to a doctrine. It certainly is not believing in spite of evidence. That would be superstition. Now, what does that mean? It's not just a manufactured hope so feeling that you get. People say, well, I'm just trying to have faith and dying on the inside. That's not faith. Some of the, some of the, 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 the times I've stepped out in the most faith in, in my ministry, I've been scared to death. 
And some people think that, that faith is this, 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 this feel-good feeling that you have that, that you're not going to step out and do what God is calling you to do because you don't feel good about it. Most of the time when God called me to do something, I didn't feel good about it. Now you can't tell me, you can't tell me that when David was kneeling at that brook and picking up those five smooth stones going into that valley to face Goliath, that's nine and a half feet tall, you can't tell me he wasn't sitting at that brook kneeling saying, Oh, God, what am I doing? Now, the Bible doesn't record that, but I guarantee you he was thinking something. You know why? He's human. And we've got this feeling, well, we're not going to step out in faith to God. We're not going to do something for God because we don't have a good feeling about it. It's not about a manufacturer. We can't work this up. I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried to just, I'm going to believe. And I, the whole time, I'm not. So it's not. Faith is not. Real Bible faith is not a made-up feeling. It's not a, a conjured-up, hope-so feeling. It's not blind optimism. I've seen people, uh, <laughs> now let me go on because I don't want to get hung up there. I'll run a rabbit and we'll chase it all day. Amen. B, not only the misconception of faith, I want you to see the meaning of faith. The mean, if there was ever a time you need to memorize a statement, it's right here. True Bible faith is confident obedience. Say those two words with me. Confident obedience. Say it again. To God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences. True Bible faith is confident obedience in spite of consequences or circumstances. Real faith is obedience. Real faith is active. It is not a feeling. It's what you do. You step out in... Are y'all with me? Now watch. This is so good. This is how faith operates. This is how faith operates. God speaks, and we hear His Word. We trust His Word and act on it no matter what circumstances are or what the consequences may be. Listen, the circumstances may be impossible, the consequences frightening and unknown, but we obey God's Word just the same and believe Him to do what is right and what is best. We receive a Word from God, we believe it, and we act upon it. That is faith. Peter is stepping out on the side of that boat. The boat is rocking, the storm is, I mean, it's just crazy. Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter wanted to go out there. And Jesus said, Come. What did he do? He received a word. Then he acted upon it. He stepped out of the boat. It wasn't a feel-good feeling. It wasn't a hope-so optimism. It was just, I'm going to believe what he said. He said, come, here I go. I may sink, I may swim, I may drown. But he said, come, so I'm going. Are you all with me? Listen, he said, he said, cast the net on the other side. Uh, with the time when, when Peter was out washing his nets and Jesus got in the boat with him and he said, whirl out a little bit because people crowded me, I need to teach. And, and after the teaching was over, he looked at Peter and he said, look, cast that net, let's, let's launch out into the deep and drop the nets down. And Peter said, hey, we've been fishing all night long and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. He was doubting. Do you get that? In this statement, he was doubting. Now, this ain't gonna, This may not help nobody but the preacher today, because I'm telling you, there's been times in my life that God wanted me to step out in faith, and I was scared to death. 
people think, if you're scared, you don't have faith. Baloney. Because he said, nevertheless, at thy word. I don't think it's going to happen, but, but nevertheless. I don't think, I, we done fished all night long. I don't think there's no fish in this pond. Nevertheless, at thy word. You see, he received a word, then he acted upon it. Are you all with me? That's faith. Quit waiting on a feeling. Quit waiting on a sign. Quit waiting on a, a, a flash of lightning. Quit waiting. Just when you get a word from God, act upon it. Hallelujah. This is going to get better. I'm just telling you. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the consequences, if God says march around the city seven times, get your marching boots on. If God says blow the trumpet, blow the trumpet, honey. Get the trumpet out, pucker your lips, and go at it. If God says it, you just do it and watch what happens. Amen? People ain't going to like it. People are going to ridicule you. People are going to make fun of you. We're going to talk about Noah in just a minute. He's out in the middle of seemingly a desert. There ain't a creek or a river nowhere. There ain't never been no rain, and they made fun of him, but he made it through the flood. You know why? He received a word. I'm getting ahead of myself. I can't help it. This is good. Listen, the misconception of faith. The meaning of faith. It's true Bible faith. I'm telling you, true Bible faith is confident obedience to God's Word in spite of the circumstances and consequences. You see, you go into it, and most people look at the circumstances and the consequences, but we need to focus on the Savior. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is not what the circumstances are showing me. My confidence is in the God who gave me the word. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It doesn't matter if there's a den of lions. It doesn't matter if there's a fiery furnace. My God can. My, my confidence is in him. So I'm going to just step out. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to just step out. The ministry of faith. See. The misconception of faith. The meaning of faith. The ministry of faith. Great. Status is this one right here. The writer of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, he makes it clear that faith is a very practical thing. I used to think and I used to read about the faith of, you know, Bible heroes and the faith of modern day preachers that were heroes of mine. And I think, boy, I'd never be able to have that kind of faith. Boy, I'd never be able to do what them people done. I'll never be able to, and that's a bunch of garbage. Real faith is practical. God made it that way so anybody can do it. Guess what? Everybody's not. There's some people that can come out on this stage and not blink an eye, not get nervous. I'm a terrified wreck. But I can do it because I'm doing it in confident obedience. You with me? You see, you don't have to have what everybody else has. All you got to do is be willing to obey the word. Amen. The writers of Hebrews makes it clear that faith is a very practical thing. In spite of what unbelievers say, in spite of what unbelievers say, faith enables us to understand what God does. It says, by faith we understand that God made everything that there is. Everything you see was made by what you can't see. See, we understand what God does through faith. Faith not only enables us to understand what God does, faith enables us to see what others can't see. Let me give you proof. The Bible says in verse number 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Excuse me, let me go back to verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God, he received a word. Did y'all catch that? He received a word. He, he got a word from God. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen. 
things not seen. Y'all see that? Being warned of God of things not as yet. Now here's the deal. He got a word. He got a word in the present day when he received the word that God was going. And he could see way in the future. He was fixing to see a high tide. Are y'all with me? He was fixing to see a situation where they was going to need a boat. They was going to need a ship. They was going to need an ark. He could see it, but nobody else could. You see, faith enables you to see what other people can't see. You are sitting, you are sitting in what I saw in October of 99. Man, I'm feeling God bumps all over me. I'm telling you, I told people I can see it. I can see, can't you see a 500-seat auditorium on this hill? And let me tell you what they told me. Nope. You know why? They were not exercising faith. I came. I was too dumb to understand anything else but that God could do what he said he could do. I didn't have enough sense to not know that this was too impossible. They said it's too hard to build a church in Coleman. They didn't have any faith, but I was exercising. I was scared to death, but I believed that God could do anything he told me he could do, and I could see it when they couldn't see it. Real faith. Bible faith will give you the the ability to see what others cannot see. That's why they're negative about your dream. That's why they're negative about what God is telling you he's going to do in your life. Don't expect everybody to jump up and down and get on your wagon just because God gave you a word. Most of the time they're going to be negative about your word. But say, honey, you can believe it or not believe it. I'm just going to trust God. If I'd have believed what I heard the day I got on this property, listen, you'd have never been sitting in this building. There's no telling what would have happened here, but I could see it. And listen, Preacher Brown told us in Bible college, if you can't see it before you see it, bless God, you ain't never going to see it. Amen. Faith will let you see something when others can't see it. Listen, when you can see what others can't see, you'll be able to do what others can't do. If ain't nobody getting help, I'm helping myself. Listen. Listen, Oswald Sanders, he said this, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. What can you see today? Or are you living a life of unbelief? You see, God called the nation of Israel out of out of Egypt, and he said, I'm going to give you lands that you, listen, you didn't buy. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. I'm going to give you vineyards you didn't plant. I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig. I'm going to bring you to a place of milk and honey that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm bringing you to the promised land. But the Bible says that they they tempted God. And this is the, the saddest word in the Bible to me. And limited the Holy One of Israel by their unbelief. See, some of you done received a word, but you won't act on it. You know why you won't act on it? Because you don't believe it. And they limited what God would do for them because they just simply did not believe what He said. You see, there's no limit to what God can do. But there is a limit to what he will do according to what you believe that he will do for you. Amen. 
How many of y'all know that there is nothing more irritating than a good example? That's what Mark Twain said. Mark Twain said, there's nothing more frustrating and irritating than a good example. Guess what? God showed you a definition or a description of faith. Now he wants to give you a demonstration of faith. Now watch this. There's a list, and we don't have time to go through everyone in great detail. I wish I could. The more, the more I studied, the more I, I dug, the more I wanted to... Uh, so I'm going to give you some highlights of each one. Demonstrations of faith. Preacher, where do we need faith? I mean, just exactly where do we need faith? We need faith to worship. The Bible says, Abel. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts that he, being dead, yet speaketh. What are you saying? That God said he did a good job. You know why? He received a word. One day, God taught Adam how to worship. God taught Adam how to take an animal and sacrifice that animal and apply the blood to, listen, for an appeasement of sin. And because of that, Adam taught his children. And you know what? Abel believed the word of God and acted upon it. But Cain didn't. He got a word, he just didn't believe it. And because he didn't believe it, he didn't act upon it. And y'all know the story, Cain killed Abel. But it was through faith, it was through faith, a confident obedience. A confident obedience in the word that he received that gave him a testimony that God bragged on him. What are you saying? We need faith to worship. You need faith to worship. When you come to church, you need to worship in faith. You need to believe God. Because it's going to be hard to brag on him when you don't believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Man, I'm getting in deep water today, ain't I? I? I never thought about that. You know why most people don't come in here and brag on God? Because they don't believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Wow. Hmm. Faith to worship. Not only faith to worship, Enoch showed us we need faith to walk, just our daily walk. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated or carried him over. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He walked with God and talked with God. He had fellowship with God. Listen, if you're going to walk in faith, if you're going to walk in fellowship with God, you've got to do it by faith. The just shall live by faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Are you going to have confident assurance when God gives you a word? Are you going to confidently believe it and obey it? See, that's the difference. He was willing to obey God whenever God said to do something. He was willing. And because of that, he had a great testimony that he pleased God. How many of y'all want to please God in your walk? Me too. It takes faith. Faith to worship. Faith to walk. Faith to work. Faith to work. Look at Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. We need, we need faith to work, to serve God. All right? Listen, faith. Oh, everybody put your seatbelt on. Click it and tick it. Amen. This is where we struggle. This is where the majority of God's children mess up and struggle. We need faith to wait. Wait. I'm going to preach a message soon on weight training. Not W-E-I-G-H-T, W-A-I-T. Wait on the Lord. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all struggle with that? I got in the truck. I got in the truck. Wild Bill, I got in the truck 5 o'clock on Friday morning. I got home 10 o'clock Friday night. 
was in the truck all day long. My, my least favorite thing to do is be on that road. It's my vice. I got issues. God's working on me. I guess that's why I did it. Got to Atlanta. Got to Atlanta on the east side of 285. I seen a, a billboard sign that said, Every lane is closed. Terrible wreck. I pulled up and said, maybe that was, a, that was a misprint. And I pulled over the hill and I saw all the brake lights. I thought, oh, man, are you serious? Got off, got off the exit, thank God, thank God there was an exit right there. And let me tell you something, that Maps app on that smartphone is worth its weight in gold. I need a witness. It showed me how to get around, but it took forever and it, it just... Man, I'm telling you, and it driving my nerves crazy. God was teaching me something. So on the, I, I was in between, I was in between Aniston and Birmingham. I mean, on the home stretch, y'all fixing. It. When you make that turn heading heading north on 65, Bubba, it's like you're almost home. Amen. And I was coming through, and all of a sudden I seen brake lights, and we came to a complete halt. And I'm like, really, Lord? I mean, I'm almost home. Let just let me get home. I'm. It, that waiting, it's the, it's the hardest thing in the world for me to do. But guess what? God called Abraham and gave him a promise and then made him wait on it. Here's the deal. I was looking at this, and if you'll look through if you'll look through that chapter, I've got to save time because I'm running out of it. But if you'll look through this chapter, you'll look at all the things that God commended him for. Do you realize that, that Abraham obeyed God not knowing where? God called him and said, Abraham, I want you to get you and your people up. I'm a, I want you to go somewhere. He didn't tell him where. He didn't tell him the address. He, he couldn't plug it in his GPS, say amen. He just said, get up and go. And you know what? He didn't know where. Then he gave him a promise. He said, you're going to have a son. Now, both him and Sarah were too old to have children. It was impossibility. I mean, they were way past age. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how he was going to get the word. God had given him a word. God had given him a promise. He didn't have no idea how God was going to do that. Listen, faith says, how shall this be? Unbelief says, how can this be? He didn't know how. Listen, he didn't know when. Time kept going by. Time kept going by. Matter of fact, he was sojourning in the land that God had promised to him. And one day, Abraham's going to be on that land. Are you all with me? He didn't know when. And here's the one we struggle with. When Isaac was born, when Isaac was born, the apple of Abraham's eye, he said, now I want you to take that boy and I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you and I want you to sacrifice him. What? But this is the promise. You see, Abraham didn't know where. Abraham didn't know how. Abraham didn't know when. And Abraham didn't know why. Why would God do that? Why would God let me go through this situation? Why would God expect this out of me? You ever been there? But yet, he confidently obeyed. Because according to the word of God, he believed that if he did take that life and he did cut Isaac's throat that God was big enough to raise him back from the dead y'all with me it's going to take faith 
God's going to ask you to do things that seem impossible. We need faith to worship. We need faith to walk. We need faith to work. We need faith to wait. We need faith to war. It gives the story of Moses and all that he did bringing the nation of Israel out of Egypt. We need faith to win. Joshua and Rahab. Y'all know the story of the walls of Jericho. God said, march seven times around. On the seventh day, march seven times and blow the trumpet and shout. I imagine in Joshua's mind, he's got to say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But I'm going to do it because he said it. You know what I found out? When it comes to obeying God, you don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make sense. It don't have to make sense. Do y'all realize how much a relief that is to know? I can't figure out what God's doing. That's a good thing. Because you're not. Because it's supernatural. If you could figure it out, you wouldn't need God. March 7th time, guess what they did? They did exactly what God told them, how God told them to do it. And the walls fell flat and fell in. Y'all with me? Just confidently obey. Don't wait for a feel-good feeling. Don't wait till it makes sense to you. Don't wait till you can figure it out. Just get a word and obey it. Hallelujah. True Bible faith. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. I got to hurry. I, I got two minutes. I got to give you this because if you miss this, it's, it's all right. All of these that we talked about, and go home and read all of them. It's great stuff, man. It's great stuff. They received a word, they believed it, then they achieved it. They received, believed, and achieved. They received a word from God. They believed what he said. Then they stepped out and obediently did it. Y'all with me? All right? But, I know what some of you are thinking. Preacher, in faith I prayed that this person over here was healed. They got healed. But in faith I prayed that same faith and I prayed that this person over here got healed. They didn't get healed and they died. You see, that's covered in this chapter. Watch what it says. From, 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 from verse number 4 to verse 34. 30 verses of God's victory and God's conquering and God's blessing and God's deliverance and God's all of that stuff. Are y'all with me? But verse 35, there's a transition. Verse 35, there's a transition. The Bible says in verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again. Now watch. And, what's that next word? Others. That word others there, if you look at your Strong's Concordance, it means others of a different kind. In other words, we're going to talk about a different kind of faith now. Others of a different kind. They were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourging. That means beatings. Moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned. They were sawn in asunder, which means in half. Were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about sheep, uh, in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains and the dens and caves of the earth. But see, this is chapter 11 is the Faith Hall of Fame. Well, preacher, if they had faith, why did they go through such difficulty? You see, this is, this is what I need you to get. Number three, the declaration of faith. God declares some truth in these verses that you need to understand. 
A, I want you to see the truth we see. There is a transition between Hebrews uh, in Hebrews 11.35 that's really important. Now listen, listen up. Look at me, 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 and, and, and perk them ears up. Not all men and women of faith experienced miraculous deliverance. Not all men and women of faith experienced miraculous deliverance. Some were tortured and died. Listen, uh, the others had faith, but God did not see fit to deal with them in the same way he dealt with Moses, Gideon, and David. The writer of Hebrews records the fact that many unknown men and women of faith were not delivered from difficult circumstances. Yet God honored their faith. In fact, it takes more faith to endure than it does to escape. I've read in, in, in some of the, the books of the martyrs where they were burning Christians at the stake in Roman Colosseums. And them Christians were singing and worshiping and honoring and glorifying God. And, 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 and here's what you think. Well, if God loved them and that they had faith, why did God allow them to go through that? Listen, it's recorded that there were many, 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 many people sitting in those coliseums that fell under deep Holy Ghost conviction because of the worship and what was happening down in the bottom of that coliseum and began to fall on their knees and cry out to God in repentance. Through their sacrifice, God was glorified. Now here's what every human being needs to understand. You were put on this earth to bring glory to God. And many people are going to bring glory to God in many different ways. Some are going to bring glory to God through a conquering situation. Some are going to bring glory to God in a sacrificial situation. God will do what He does, and He does it well. Now listen, we need to have the attitude that the children, uh, the Hebrew children had with the fiery furnace when they were talking to the king. They said, O king, our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace, but if He chooses not, we still ain't bowing down. That's faith. The same faith that lets me shout when somebody's delivered is the faith that gets me through the, 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 the suffering and the, and the grief of a funeral of somebody that God took on home. God, listen, He uses people. He uses things to bring glory to Him. The Bible says that Samson, Samson, when he died, he killed more Philistines in his death. They were the enemy. They were the enemies of Israel. And through his sacrifice, through his death, there was, he did more in his death than he ever did in his life. Say amen. Listen, we've got to trust God. The truth we see, the testimony we seek. Man's estimate of these heroes of faith was a low one. Some men persecuted, arrested them, tortured them, in some cases killed them. But God's estimate is current, entirely different. He said in verse number, I love this, in verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. God thought so much of them, he said the world was not even worthy of this type of people and this quality of people. Faith enables us to turn from the approval of the world and seek only the approval of God. If God is glorified by delivering his people, he will do it. If he sees fit to be glorified by not delivering his people, then he will do that. But we must never conclude that the absence of deliverance means a lack of faith on the part of God's children. I've heard so many ignorant, ignorant people say, well, if you just had enough faith, you could be cured. That may not be God's plan. The absence of deliverance is not the lack of faith. 
Faith looks to the future, for that is where the greatest rewards are found. The people named in this chapter and those unnamed, some did not receive the promises, but they had God's witness to their faith that one day they would be rewarded. And all God's people said, Amen. Faith. Have ye any faith? Let's develop it as we study the Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by... I want to have more faith today than I did yesterday. How about y'all? You can have. Receive it. Believe it. Achieve it. Just simply act upon what God tells you to do. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name.